Psalms 3 3. It's not in my notes, but. Um, you know, we kind of let. We kind of let God just do what he wants to do. Um, he has given us, uh, you know, God's laid out um, things for us. And, of course, He, you know, he wants us to, um, like I was saying earlier, sometimes at the end of this, when we're kind of done with our singing, I kind of just want to be quiet. And, you know, we could just sit here for, you know, I could just sit here for hours or just whatever God, you know, just whatever God. But I know we got things we have to do, so. We kind of have a plan, but I really like it when God kind of does stuff that's just kind of create, creative and uh, instantaneous and kind of spontaneous. But as I was sitting here just a little bit ago, I just remember remembered a, a scripture verse, and I didn't know where it was, and I, I was asking Vicky and Lynn where it was and, and Jeff, and we looked, and it's in Psalms 3, but Psalms 3, 3 says that God is the lifter of our heads. Really, David said, I cried out to the Lord. I lifted up my voice to him. And then he says he's a, and he lifted up my head and I, and I was talking to them about it and I said you know what that means it didn't just mean that we were looking down one day and God said hey and we looked up yes sir I believe it's because he's he's lifted our heads up we don't have to be ashamed anymore um you know I got born again at the age of eighteen but um but I still was going to hell you know I was I was still lost and um. That scripture just says a lot to me, because I was that way. Um, I, I know you guys are, might have heard my story that I was always finding stuff when I was young. I was always finding stuff because I was always looking down. I'd I'd walk I walk like this, so I was always looking at the ground. So guess what? If there was something somebody dropped, hey, there's a quarter. I was always finding it, and you know what? It was cool finding stuff, but it's even cooler being able to lift your head up, look people in the eye, not not being ashamed, not feel condemned about anything. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into our message this this morning, and I titled uh, my message "Knowing God." Um, I kind of went back and forth with a couple of different things. I think one time I had our relationship with God, but it just seemed like the last day or two it just felt more it just felt more comfortable just saying "Knowing God." You know, really, our relationship with Him and this whole life that we live on this earth, we can get we can get caught up with a lot of different things, but really all it boils down to is just knowing Him. That's really all that's going to matter. Um, one day when we stand before Him, the Bible says that we will be judged for the good and the bad that we've done. But you know, when it boils right down to it, it's just going to matter: did we know Him or not? Did we know Him? And so, I just want to talk to you about a, a few things. Not that this is any kind of complete thing, and I'm going to cover everything, but just hit a few points. Uh, my first point this morning is hear him and reject the contrary. And at first when I wrote this down, I just wrote hear him. But then as I got to studying the verse that I was going to look at, I thought I need to put that little part in there and reject the contrary. We're going to look at Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. And it says, And the same day when the evening was come, he said to them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Jesus said this to his disciples. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. Um, Lost my place here, sorry. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? 
it's King James, but basically they're saying, you don't care that we're dying? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And, uh, you know, Jesus said here, if we look, if you look at these, this verse, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. He looked at his disciples and said, let's go to the other side. And they thought he said, let's question my love for you while we're thinking about dying. Right? They're like, Lord, do you not care that we're dying? That's not what Jesus told them to think about, was it? So, you know, of course, we could talk about a lot of different things, why they said that, you know. But but my point this morning is that we need to hear him. You know, Jesus said in, in one place or several places, he said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, we all have these things on the side of our head, right? We all have the ears, but he wants us to hear him, and he wants us to take it serious. Um, I think sometimes people will paint too serious of a picture of Jesus. And I believe Jesus was the most joyous person he had to have been. Because the Bible says in, the, in, in his presence is the fullness of joy. God's, Jesus stayed in God's presence. So he had to be very joyful, and I believe he had fun. Um, and we should have fun, and I want us to have fun. But we need to, when he says something, we really need to pay attention to what he's saying. And not let it just be... Um, just something that's okay. And I know that we have things in life that that fight against that. But let's listen to what he's saying and um, and not just skip over it. You know, if you read Mark chapter 3, they knew he could do great things. He'd already, it already said that he'd healed a bunch of people. So, you know, sometimes I wonder what in the world were they thinking. But let's look at Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 20. It said, Jesus said, and it's the parable of the sower, and here he's explaining it to him. And he said, the sower sows the word, and these, are they, the, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they heard, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, some hundredfold. Notice that everybody that hears is hearing the word has got something to fight against. It's like every time they've heard, they hear the word, something is there to fight. Even the guy that it says heard the word and received it, he had to receive it. You know, it still wasn't just a, just real easy, and it's not going to be for us. When we hear the word, we have to receive it. I looked up this word receive, and one definition was to accept it as a son. Now, now that's, it's like, all right, and I said, I said, so we're supposed to look at the word of God like we would, would like we would want to take care of our kids. Is that what I'm understanding here? You don't. You, do we take care of our kids or not? Should we? I mean, yes, yes. You you want to take care of your kids, 
But we have to be serious. What, I, that's all I'm trying to show you this morning. When we hear the word, to not let it just something that goes one ear and out the other. Really listen to what he's saying. Let's go ahead and go to the next point this morning. My second point is honor him. Honor him. Um, you know, I was reading the I was reading the newspaper the other day, and um, and I looked at this one page and it talked about. Uh, it said no. Tens of millions of people will not lose their insurance. You know, the whole Obamacare and, you know, all that's going on right now. And then one page over, it says millions will lose their insurance. The same section. And I'm going, you know what? One of them's right, one of them's wrong. But we've got to, we have got to quit letting ourselves that's where we get in the wrong that's where we mess up in not hearing him is we look at all the other options there is no other option we hear what he says and we and we go with that no matter what everything looks like we we hear him and we and we do that but my second point honor him we're going to look at mark chapter six and he went out from there and came into his own country and in his uh, and his disciples followed him and when the sabbath day was come he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own, in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. We've got to let ourselves, we have got to make sure that when we hear his word, that we honor his word too. These people here basically were saying, we know this guy. This is, this is that snot-nosed kid that used to run up and down. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. Because, you know, Jesus, that's where his city was. That's where he was raised. That's where he grew up. So they knew him as a little kid. And they're like, we know this guy. This is the carpenter. This is the carpenter guy. This, his sisters, brothers, are, we know them. And they let themselves get too familiar with him. And we do that. I do that. I know that I do that. I know we all do that. We come in and we will hear something from the word, but then we'll look at our circumstances or we'll look at, well, but I want to do this. And we don't honor him. We lose. We lose. We're doing the same thing these people are doing. And it says here that because they didn't honor him, and they let they got they let themselves get too familiar with him, that he couldn't do any good stuff for them. Wouldn't it? Isn't it wouldn't that be horrible that if you were one of the sick people in that city, and you walked and Jesus walked through town and left town and you stayed sick, and you could have been healed because it said he healed a few. He healed a few sick folk, but he couldn't heal like he wanted to. It, it even says he marveled. It, I think it says he marveled at their unbelief. Why, man? What is going on? But it's because they didn't honor him. I want to read to you guys Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and 17. Verse 7, Hebrews thirteen seven says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Not only are we supposed to 
honor Jesus. We're supposed to, we're supposed to honor those that are over us. Bosses, pastors, leaders, the people that God's appointed over us, our presidents, good or bad, whether we agree or don't agree. We're supposed to pray for those people. Pray for them. Help unite with them. Verse 17 of Hebrews 13 says, Obey them that have the rule over you. I don't know why it's so messed up like that. But it's messed up for some reason. Submit yourself, excuse me. For they watch for your souls. Listen to this. They watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. If we're not doing what we're supposed to do in honoring Jesus, honoring his word, honoring our leaders, honoring those that are in authority over us, the Bible says that's not profitable for us. Does does that does that read right that they must get that our leaders are going to give an account for us? So does that mean one day that Pastor Marvin, God's going to say, God's going to say to Pastor Marvin, Hey, how was this person? Tell me about this person. How how faithful were they? Did they listen to what you were telling them? Did they do what you said? When you taught from the word, did they do? That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like out of the Bible, not my Bible. Does y'all's Bible say that? They're going people are gonna leaders are gonna give account for us. And we want him, we want them to be able to do it with joy, right? And not grief. I don't want I don't want Pastor Marvin going to God and saying, Yeah, Bobby didn't do it. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. He didn't he didn't do it. I don't want I don't want that to happen. Uh, you guys don't want to do that either. Let's go to the third point this morning. Obey him. We're going to look at Mark chapter six, and I'm going to go. I'm over, my, I might skip ahead just a little bit, just for the sake of time. But you guys forgive me. Mark six forty five, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship, and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hot and hardened. Their heart was hardened. When I read some of this stuff, it just almost makes me laugh. It is hilarious because it, they didn't. This is Mark chapter six. Now I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a genius or anything, but I would think that the Bible here was in some kind of a chronological order. So in Mark chapter four, he just told them, "Let's go to the other side," and then when they thought, "Well, you, you don't care that we're dying." He gets up and rebukes the sea. You thought they would have learned something. So in Mark chapter 6, here they are again in the boat with the bad weather. And they're and they're scared again. It's just, it's hilarious to me. Because you would have thought at least one of them would have been bold enough to say, surely they had to be thinking it. I wonder what would happen if I stepped out there and spoke to the wind. <laughs> Surely one of them had to be thinking that, right? And you thought maybe at least Peter, you know, because he's the crazy one, you know. He's he's just bold, you know. You think Peter would have stepped out there and said, "Wind, be still." At least tried it, but they but they didn't. Oh, and I'm just 
I'm like, what are you guys? And you know Jesus. You know, you know Jesus was thinking. You know this same story. I don't. I don't know if it says it right here. But I think in one story of this, it said that Jesus would have walked by him. He said he would. He would have just walked right by him if they wouldn't have said anything. He would have just walked right by him. And so I think Jesus was expecting them to to, to do something. He was expecting them to. So this morning, um, just in one more passage of scripture before we close, Mark chapter eleven. 22 through 24, Jesus said, Have faith in God, for verily I say to you that whoever will say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and not not doubt in his heart, but will believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Yeah, here it goes, my thing messing up on me again. I'm sorry. I don't know why it messes up like that. But um, Okay, when you, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Excuse me. That's, that's for Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I'm sorry. I don't know why it's messing up here, but it's kind of getting all blurry or something for some reason. But what I want to encourage you guys this morning as we've as we've heard his word, make a decision we're going to obey his word and we're going to honor his word. And I want you guys to pray this morning. Notice here in this scripture that he says if if you'll believe that mountains will move, it'll happen. We can't do that on our own, right? We have to have God help us. I want you guys this morning when you're praying, I want you to believe for God to do things in your life that you cannot do by yourself. Can we be that bold this morning to believe him to do things with us and through us and for us that there's no way we could do on our own? Move mountains, heal sickness, whatever it might be. There's nothing too big for him. All right? And just be bold and know that as we pray, that he's going to hear us, and he will do it. Okay? You guys do that? Thank you. Amen.